Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast, Grow Your Trade, the show that aims to help you grow your business. Don't forget, you can access the entire back catalogue of the Simplified Marketing Podcast on, on YouTube and also iTunes, but as well, Spotify and all other good podcasting services. Now, one of the things that can be quite difficult is choosing the right business coach. There are so many people out there now who are claiming to be coaches. It's difficult to know which one is the right one for you and whether you're going to get value for money or whether they're actually going to be able to help you. So what are the questions you should be asking someone if you're looking to hire a business coach? Now, of course, on the team, we have a business coach. Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks, John. My name is Andrew Black, and I um, I help trade to get off the tools. Now, my name is John Lawley, and I'm your web wizard, and we're also joined by... I'm Georgia, and I'm your brand guardian. So for the purposes of this episode, Georgia and I are going to be questioning Andrew about what it takes to be a good business coach. So, Andrew, how are you feeling about this? No, I'm pretty good. No problem. Bring it on. I know you're trying to make it like an interrogation or some sort of interview or Q&A, but it's what I do. So feel free to ask away. Okay, then. Right. Okay. Well, that means that we need to do our worst then, Georgia. Are you ready? Man, am I ready. So question number one would be, ask them, do their clients achieve measurable, substantial results? I mean, I don't know. Is that the same for you, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, look, absolutely. Any business that's not measuring um, what they do, whether that's their financial figures, profit margins, turnover, whether it's customer happiness, whether it's employee um, employee engagement, there's only measurables in the business across marketing, sales, finance, operations, etc., that you can quite happily see uh, a, a change or an improvement or an upscale. And likewise, use those measurables to notice any issues that develop over the weeks something's not been implemented right or correctly or the process that you've developed over a period of time isn't doing what it's set out to do, we can track that on a week-to-week basis and make sure that we put something in. And then when we have our quarterly or annual reviews, you can look back and happily, hopefully, see the you know complete uptrend. We know business doesn't always work like that, but you can certainly see a set of figures to, to measure progress with. So would you say as well that as a business coach, you need to have those stats to hand so you can back up your own experience to show a new client, for example, um, what you have achieved? To a point, because it's very difficult in terms of GDPR. So, you know, you can kind of say, look, this is case study one and this is case study two and this is case study three, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is without giving away company information to other clients, some of those those things can be fabricated. So the best thing that I do is say, look, um, speak to one of my clients and as long as they're happy to have a conversation, they'll share whatever information they're happy to with the person that's inquiring about coming on board. Good answer. So first question's over. That was the hardest one. Well done. So question question two. Now, I hear this quite a lot, but what business skills do coaches actually have or are they really just a life coach? That's a very good question, Georgia. I think there's two ways of looking at it. There are guys that sort of go to college or to university and do business development as a, a, you know, a become as a graduate and then try and implement the skills that they've learned into a new business, an active business. Um, to be fair, the, the best possible thing, I think, is people that have run businesses, own businesses, worked in different industries and have a wealth of experience. And if you've done some either vocational training or if you've done those um, qualifications as well, then the more the better. 
Um, and in terms of the crossover into life coaching, it's it's business first. But when you are working with people, people use primarily use logic, and then there will always be an emotional element to every single decision that is made. So it is very important that you have that relationship with the individual. Keep the kind of lines clear. But absolutely, there is going to be a crossover into some sort of life coaching or advice or support. So would you say then that being a business coach, you're also a motivational coach as well as a life coach, as well as actually setting goals and getting people to actually do things? I think in many ways, it's more that you are more that type of a coach, that type of a mentor, because once the uh, processes and systems and procedures are in place, and once you have a structure uh, to your week, and much, once the roles and responsibilities have been divvied out amongst the team, and everyone's accountable to each other, then it is all emotional motivation. Are we getting the goals, achieving the goals? And why isn't that happening today? And a lot of that can come down to your, your mindset, your mind frame, lack of inspiration, lack of motivation. And that's where if the kind of infrastructure is set and all the things I mentioned at the beginning, it always becomes about how you're doing today. Is everything all right? That's a really good answer. But I guess from you as a coach as well, like where is that cutoff point for where you don't take on your clients' emotional um, stresses as well? How do you find that you manage that? As, as some of my clients will testify, you know, they'll, they'll message me, WhatsApp me, you know, gone into the evening over the weekend because business is always fluid. It's always moving. So I think it, it's more of a personal thing about setting your own boundaries. Um, for example, there's some weekends I'm pretty active and there's other weekends that I'm, I'm, I sort of say to my clients, look, I'm, I'm really busy today, but I'll get back to you tomorrow because you, you've just got to measure that. So if you're good at self-management, if you're good at self-care and if you're good at the, the self-motivation and, and having your own sort of outlets in terms of whether that's nutrition or exercise, so you don't carry the burden of everyone else's businesses and problems, then you're in a good position to do that role. Um, and fortunately, you, you kind of hopefully find the things that you're good at. And I'm fairly good at compartmentalising my issues and their issues and not carrying the weight of the world on my substantial shoulders. And very substantial they are as well. Now, there's a great question here, but, but this question could be, can I come from both different angles as you know, the person being coached or the coach? Um, do, does a coach need to have published work? So, you know, you've all seen those kind of American style guys. Oh, I've got a book out. I've got a course out. You need to go and buy it now. Um, does that mean, really mean that a coach is really good or are they just flagging it? Or do you need to see that a coach actually has that written literature in order to be able to trust them? For me, it's a lead generation tool. You know, unless you are genuinely, you know, want to set out to be an author as well, which, you know, who knows, never say never. But I think a lot of people get into that or create a publication to have things, you know, to have content, to have things they can refer to. There's a little bit of credibility in that for sure. I think as a person buying into someone, they don't necessarily have to see a back catalogue of, of works or, you know, albums, you know, <laughs> books, et cetera, et cetera. They just need to be able to connect with the person and know that that person's got their best intentions. And once that conversation's had and once it's authentic, it's a very difficult approach because you can't sort of mass market to everyone authenticity. You know, if you've got a book out there and people buy into that credibility, then then that's their type of clients that they're kind of going for. My thing's a much more personal approach. I guess there'd be a lot of different answers to this question. But in your opinion, how would a successful coach actually describe business coaching to somebody else? If they uh, had an inquiry from somebody who said, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get some help, but what on earth is business coaching? What would you say as an answer to that? 
I think a lot of people focus on things that are kind of wrong in their business and they look to get a business coach to do the things that are kind of wrong or failing in their business versus if you're an ambitious business person and you want to move your business to the next stage or the next level, how can I get the day-to-day or weekly or monthly support that I need in identifying areas of, of strength and identifying areas of weaknesses and making them um, absolutely bulletproof. So it's really about troubleshooting. And it's really about being on call and it's really about communication and making sure that the business owner feels supported at every step of the way. Yeah, so that would lead on, I think, and you've kind of partly answered this next question. But one of the um, listeners have emailed in saying, what types of business have they coached? As in, should you be trying to find a business coach that coaches in the same industry as you? Um, Or is it more about that personal relationship? That's a very good question. So I've worked in different industries and I've coached in different industries as well. Um, Some creative agencies um, and I've also worked with different tradespeople along the way. I think the answer to that is where the best personal connection is. If you have got a great connection with that coach, then it's going to work. The advantage of working with someone that has got a connection in your relative industry or field is that there may be networking opportunities and sales opportunities and introductions. So with one particular client, you know, he happens to be a gas plumbing and heating engineer. He scaled his business from five teams up to eight teams so far, and we're still working together. And I'm able to measure actually how many introductions and sales I've been into him because I'm in that industry. Now, that's not to say if I worked outside the industry, I wouldn't be able to make introductions for them as well. But as we know from all the networking that we do, it's certainly a lot easier and straightforward to do if you're part of that industry already. But primarily they're not approaching me for my introductions and for how many sales I can bring in. I'm not a sales director. I'm coming in as a a business coach or an operations person almost to make sure that everyone's moving how they should be. Um, And if the, if you don't see eye to eye and that connection isn't there and that level of respect isn't there, then it it won't work for any party. So the coaching and the support is obviously a really important part, but some things I have heard my clients ask um, questions for is that, is there practical help that's also given as well? Is, is there a hands-on side to business coaching? Um, do our coaches kind of expected to provide tools that help their clients move forward in their business too? Like, what's your views on that? What you'll kind of find in different systems, whether it's Action Coach or EMIF or uh, the EOS system, there's different tools and exercises that can be done to identify different problems and different issues in different areas. But each coach sets up with different products or services, if you like. So one could be a a group accountability phone call once a week. Um, The way I operate with clients is I have a 90 minute weekly meeting. And at that meeting, um, I take on some of the to do's. And some of those to do's are created following a discussion about the issues in the business. For example, we're paying too much for our fleet insurance. Okay, who's best suited in the business to deal with that issue? Um, and if everybody is snowed under, or if it's a case that I'm, it, it suits me to do that task and I'm best placed to do that task within the other heads of business, then I'll get on and practically solve that problem within the business in that week. So you need to be kind of a jack of all trades then in certain respects. I like that. So as well, I mean, this is, this is another one. But this, this next question that was um, uh, sent in is it's kind of a catch-22 situation. And I'm sure that me and George will probably have a, an idea about this as well. But do you need to know that your business coach has been in, in professionally coaching, as in the coaching industry, for a number of years to have gained that experience? Or are you just fine going in with someone who's just decided that they've just changed career and is straight in there? 
That's a good question in the sense that it will depend on the client. And so the best way to think about it is we've seen, I'll use football as an analogy. You've seen really kind of young Premier League managers come in and do a fantastic job with no managerial experience, but plenty of experience as a player. And you've seen really old managers, you know, be recruited because of their past experiences, even if their current record isn't that good. So I'm not answering the question like a politician. <laughs> but yes, think, you are. <laughs> but I think what tends to happen with, with any kind of uh, coach and client situation is there's always a calling off period and there's always like a low hanging fruit, if you like. There's always a kind of let's do a 90 minute session, see how we connect, see how we get on. And then there can be an explanation of how it can work going forward. And if there's buy in at that point from the, from the client, realistically, whether you've just, you know, completed your three week course at business coaches are us or you've been in the game for 20 years it won't really make a difference because it's the methods and the personalities that's what's most important well this next one I think will spark the interest of John and I actually um I'm very excited to hear the answer to this Andrew so get ready yeah I know preparation so a successful business coach how would they market themselves and to push that a little bit further what red flags should we as clients be looking out for if we see coaches marketing themselves in a certain way i see this a lot online my my social media feeds are pretty much inundated now with coaches left right and center what would your advice to someone like me be um to be looking out for certain red flags or veering towards uh, a certain marketing style that another coach may have this for me is the biggest problem of the industry because there's no necessarily you know a qualification in terms of you know certification education or even experience to call yourself you know a coach and what you see time and time again especially Facebook's a really good example of this is you know sponsored ads pop up of of all these courses and this one and this one this is going to do this I suppose I'll talk it from my perspective and my perspective is I don't market myself in that way because the way I do have that hands-on approach with clients and the way I am involved in management meetings and carrying out to-dos and setting goals and completing tasks for that business means that there's only a finite amount of time that I have to to offer my clients. And it is a a one-to-one service. And that's what I believe my clients need and want. If they wanted to become part of a a larger group where they pay a monthly coaching fee, then then that's fine. But I don't feel that, well, certainly my clients won't get that level of service. So in terms of red flags, I think, you know, if you're looking for a business coach, it's important to understand what you are looking for. And is that just to be part of a larger network? Is that to have fancy infographics emailed to you once a day? Or is it to be heard and listened to and supported and to physically have someone that you can look in the the eyes and say, well, that helped me take my business forward. And I think where you've got some of these guys, not all these guys, but a lot of these guys online, you're never going to get to that top guy because it's just so much marketing spend to potentially get somebody that does a 20 grand a year mastermind, which isn't always what everyone's looking for. So I would say, you know, in the same way we encourage our clients to do an ideal customer, look at kind of, you know, what are you looking for to get out of your ideal business coach? Do those 20 grand a year or a month business masterminds actually exist? I think that's kind of like a myth, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, in my mastermind, ha which you're never going to be able to afford or get into. I, I think that's just all, you know, rubbish that someone just cooks up to make themselves feel bigger. Because are those people, um, I mean, wh- where does it split between being a business coach and being an agent or a manager of someone? Because there's got to be an ego involved at some point, as in, you know, I've built this, helped to build this business to a certain level to 
I'm an agent. You stick around in our group of, of people. You're going to be successful. I'm going to get you into here, here, and here, and here. So what, when does you know when does the coaching become an agency almost? I think it depends on the individual ego of the actual business coach. Because if you've got guys that are out there and they're setting up this retreat, that workshop, this day, speaking arrangements all over the shop, you know, you'd have to question their own their own merits and their own morals and what they're trying to do. And if all of those elements are part of fulfilling their own business goals, then I totally understand that. Unfortunately, and being quite skeptical and not kind of a big creative person that is turned on by these brilliant kind of you know adverts all the time, I find it very easy to dismiss that stuff. And and you know, as we found more than ever in the last year, it all goes back to that human kind of interaction. And, you know, how human is somebody standing on stage in front of 20,000 versus actually, can I pick up the phone to you? It's eight o'clock at night, but, you know, I'm in trouble. And we're coming back round to that kind of that way of doing things. And so, you know, to, to kind of go back to an answer earlier, I don't know. I don't think you do need all these, these singing, dancing things. It certainly makes marketing more challenging because you're really trying to sell yourself and market your, 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 your services to lots of different people, but in a really kind of intimate way. And that's that's the very difficult challenge that I have and where so much of it is word of mouth or by doing my, my things within my other businesses or within B&I to try and at least just establish a conversation with someone. OK, well, thank you very much, Andrew. I think you managed to get through that all right, actually, unscathed. And uh, I hope everyone has found that very useful, especially if you're thinking of either becoming a business coach or whether you're looking for business advice. Don't forget to ask them those qualified questions. And of course, if you'd like any advice, you can get in touch with the show at hello at marketingsimplified.co.uk. That's the show for now, but don't forget to keep listening and subscribe online at iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify. We'll see you soon. That's all for this time, but don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.